and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. Let's bring it here. Yes. It is the Brad and Brit cast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We're live in the one thirty hour Eastern time as we do this little dance here on Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, I got a nice list today. All right. <laughs> nice list. Well, maybe not. <laughs> you don't oversell it. You have yeah, to yeah. yourself a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I should uh, under promise and over deliver <laughs> as opposed to what we usually do here. Exactly. We're not good at that. Uh, Don talks, Joe does. Okay. Uh, Don has poisoned the FBI. Add that to the list. Nice. The McCulture War is coming, if it's not already here. Uh, Brit's prediction of an eventual TNN, a Trump News Network, looks like it's getting closer oh, boy. every day. Yeah, Floyd Abrams says Fox is likely fucked. And Mark Robinson, mommy, mommy, please make it stop. Please. Oh, boy. That's, that sounds like some good stuff. Well, let's do uh, – let's go through the Donald Trump stuff first. We never get enough of this guy. Uh, Don talks, Joe does. Yeah. Um, back during the election season of 2020, it is uh, duly noted that uh, one of the four billion lies that Donald Trump told – and. He kind of brought this up frequently while he was president as part of his uh, fake populist bullshit. Uh, it was, we're going to do something about those prescription drug prices, right? <laughs> of that, remember? Yeah. Right. Which, by the way, it, you can decide where to put that alongside, in front of, or behind Infrastructure Week. Of which there were so many that resulted in so little. Nothing I, just, I just flashed back to the time. You remember the Bush problem with uh, the drugs and reimporting them from Canada was he didn't know if they were safe. We just, well, we just was, didn't know if they were going to take those things from Canada and, yeah. and they were seniors are going to start taking them and they were just going to drop dead. Just didn't know. So I'm sure that all these years later, since you're right, that did fade away, people are probably still doing that. At prodigious levels, it's just no one wants to talk about it because there's nothing to say because they're the same drugs, right? You you would have a lot of Congress people for a number of years. I don't know if they still do this, but if they were fairly close to the Canadian border, they would sponsor bus trips for their people, for some folks in the district, and they'd go across the border and they'd buy cheap drugs. Right, And then they would bring back a busload of illegal voters. That's correct. <laughs> And who paid for all those tickets? George Soros. That's all correct. The- <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Uh, the only thing I remember about Infrastructure Week, above all else, is that that picture of Trump sitting there in the semi that was parked on the lawn of the White House, and he looked like an eight-year-old who just got his first Tonka toy for Christmas. He's bouncing around to the seat, and he's honking the horn and shit. All right. So, so Trump, the master of... I'll talk very, very little action, but stirring up the fans and the crowd and the voters on prescription drug. And it, it really got nothing done. And it, 
they got Medicare. They got Medicare on insulin. Okay, to finally uh, come around, but not really, not really. So Trump lies about it during the 2020 election campaign um, debate. I can't remember if this was the first one or the second one. This was at the end of September. He So he just lies about it and nothing really gets done. Now, if you remember a few weeks ago, one of the points that uh, Joe Biden made while he was being yelled at and argued with at the State of the Union was talking about that uh, famous $35 price of insulin, which, uh, yes, Medicare had uh, uh, gone a long way to make that the price for senior citizens. But what about everybody else? Not everybody's a damn senior citizen. Not everyone's 65. And, and on Medicare, it kind of leaves a, a, a few people who, who aren't included. And, you know, people are just getting reamed for the cost of insulin, four, five, six hundred dollars a month. I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm amazed. It's horrible. It's just horrible. And you need it to live. Uh, so Joe Biden made that one. This has got to stop. We've got to make it so that it's $35 for everybody. Everybody that needs it should be able to not have to go broke buy insulin. So headline today, a stunner. Guess who knows how to use the bully pulpit and get shit done instead of just using it to be a bully? The answer is Joe Biden. Because here comes Eli Lilly, one of the biggest insulin makers in the country, saying, all right, we give, we're on board, 35 bucks. 35 bucks. This is for people with regular health insurance, you know, not age-dependent, right? Mm-hmm. And their generic version is uh, $25. It's going to be $25, okay? So that's the power of persuasion in a positive way yeah. on behalf of the people, right? So what I heard you just say is that Joe Biden lied. He said 35 and it's 25. So it's another yeah. Joe Biden lie. Right. <laughs> Once again, this man, the media won't call him out. They won't say anything. <laughs> I, I, again, this is just another one in the list of stuff where they, they just try to portray this man as a dot, he can't even he can't even make it up the stairs without falling. Right. Oh my God, he can't even conquer gravity. But somehow he seems to be getting a lot of shit done. Right. And uh, as I amazing. look at the details here, it turns out the uh, uh, the original idea to to get this done for folks on Medicare Part D was part of the Inflation Reduction Act. But Biden said not good enough. Extend it, and Lily felt the pressure and I thought, oh boy, um, let me, let me just check this right now. You know, I'm a, I'm a shareholder of, of Lilly. Cause of course I love big drug, big pharma. And I thought, oh boy, this is going to kill their stock today. Holy shit. Dead in the what? Um, it's, it's up a percent and a half today, $4. So sometimes doing good is good. Sometimes doing good is good. And, um, it's good for your image. It's good for all those kinds of things. And that's just the difference, I think, between, you know, in a small way, between Trump and Biden. Trump talked it and Biden walked it, even though, exactly. of course, we you know he has trouble walking. But, you know, 
He did get that uh, that Israeli embassy in in Jerusalem, which I think has helped out so many people in this country. Good. You know that that's a good and and uh, Israel has never been more stable. And, and the, the average yeah, American is so that, that set the tone for the uh, reemergence, probably, of Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, man, he is just proving to be what a super guy. Benjamin Netanyahu has managed to get the most pro-Israeli in the tank pressure groups. Folks are to say, what the fuck are you doing, Israel? Okay. <laughs> He's managed to finally get Americans on one side, for the most part, on an issue. Unfortunately, it's against policies by the, the uh, government of Israel, of which we will not discuss right now, because that's just not our, that's not our thing around here. But uh, point well made. You can always lean on that one. They moved it to Jerusalem. Moved the, uh, and how did this help you out, Mr. and Mrs. America? What money did that put in your pocket? Well, Again, Britt, you don't spend much time at kitchen tables or in diners, do you? <laughs> How did this improve your lot in life, sir? Yeah. Um, let's continue on with uh, the Trump right. theme. Uh, Trump poisoning the FBI. Just yeah. add that to the list. Yeah, this this uh, blew up at the top of the uh, Washington Post uh, site late this morning. And uh, it turns out that in the long, slow walk to finally get a warrant issued so that the FBI would go into Mar-a-Lago and get as much crap as Donald Trump was trying to hide, the FBI was resistant. They didn't want to do it. They were so afraid that they would look bad. They would look bad and they'd be being political for going after an ex-president. <laughs> And so it was the FBI versus the Justice Department, which, of course, ultimately got its way and got the FBI to go in and do what they needed to do. But when you when you read the piece and you see what was going on there, you could only come to the conclusion that Donald Trump infected the FBI with uh, enough Trumpers who, by the way, remember, Donald Trump accuses the FBI of being against him. Holy shit. Yeah, this is a guy who got, what, more than a year slack to turn shit over that he should have never had in the first place because the FBI was tap dancing on his behalf, not against him. It's really, really terrible. I mean, this is just like the fact that uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of, of judges at all levels of our judicial system that were Trump appointees who are fully in the tank for him or policies that he uh, advocated for with absolutely no regard for the law, like that whack job down in Texas who uh, single-handedly is trying to outlaw abortion pills Everywhere, all the time, no crossing of state lines, nothing in the mail, nothing in FedEx, because I'm a little shit judge in Texas, and I get to rule the whole country. Now, this is what Don, the, the, the legacy of Trump is, and, and this is another one. I mean, this is, a, this is a terrible story, not that the story is written badly, but, but it's, it's your worst nightmare 
that uh, we now have an FBI that was willing to bend over backwards to uh, not have Tucker Carlson say bad things about them on TV. I guess that's boiling it down to its to its uh, simplest form. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I don't know. Have you seen this? Are you, are you, are you, are you up on this? Yeah, I've, I've, and we're showing the the piece right now. If you're watching us live, there's a, a Washington Post. It's some some really good reporting. I think uh, Sarah Leonig is one of the ones who was uh, the lead reporter on on this particular one. Yeah, uh, you can just count this infection. You know the infection that he left behind with the Secret Service, where yeah. some of those guys were not telling the truth, and some of them were trying to cover for him for stuff that he did uh, on January the sixth. Right. But yeah, it, do, it does seem like uh, there is no virus against the infection that uh, Donald Trump leaves in his wake, even though he's been out of office for, uh, you know, a couple, two years and a couple of months now. Um, yeah, th- <laughs> well, this was seem like yesterday, Britt. <laughs> well, because it takes a lot to clean up his shit. Uh, and as we mentioned previously, Joe Biden's done a pretty good job of it, even though. I watched a little bit of Fox last night and it was, you know, it's, it's just disastrous what's happening to this country. It's just the most horrible thing of all time. And I, I, I was again shaking my head that they've been able to just get away with the idea that Kamala Harris just sucks. Now, nobody can really point to a particular event or anything that she's blown or done, but she's just awful and dreadful and terrible. And she's babysitting this old man. And I'm not sure that narrative not only has made it through Fox, but also it's been kind of accepted among a lot of mainstream media, a lot of so-called liberal media that, yeah, yeah, she's, she's really bad. I don't know what it is that she's done or what event they can point to, but they've just decided at some point that she's terrible. And I, I don't get it. I can't imagine what characteristics she has that, that might not um, make her a favorable person. In Fox, I, I just taking a look at her. I just ha- cannot imagine what it might be. Can you? <laughs> I I mean I can, but it's just uh, I, what I, I I would expect it out of uh, out of Fox. But again, the swallowing of this by a lot of mainstream media that they don't even try to challenge it or they just kind of go along with the show is that's what's surprising to me. Well, uh, yeah. she she has not. How should we say it? Um struck a path of great achievement as if any vice president ever does that, but she has not exactly distinguished herself among the greatest vice presidents of uh, our lifetime. And I'm not quite sure what it takes to be a great vice president. And in the uh, world of uh, splintered media and people taking sides and a divided country, She's kind of an easy target. I think that's what what I would yeah. say. Anything, but but the fact is, the fact is, um, if you go back and you're, well, why was she chosen? Oh boy, here we go. Um, if you go down that road, you're not going to like where you get to. That's all. I'm gonna- <laughs> but we, are you now? I, I, well, I, mean, I would like to. I'd like to explore that a little further. Are you saying that was pure identity politics? which is always a slur that is thrown against Democrats. It's not a question of pure. It just yeah. was. Yeah. It just was because you can't possibly, even as uh, in the tank, progressive, liberal, and thoughtless as you are, say that, wow, of all the Democrats out there, in the, she clearly 
stood out as the most qualified to uh, uh, take over as president of the United States should something happen to Joe Biden, which is supposed to be, on paper, the uh, number one reason that you uh, get it. And it wasn't as if she was chosen because, well, this is a way for Joe Biden to nail down the California votes in the Electoral <laughs> College. Yeah. Okay, because she was a, a senator and an attorney general. So, so, you know, you're you're just best at leaving it alone and not really defending it and just taking it from the point of view, they're a bunch of fucking racists at Fox. And no, Kamala Harris, uh, not the greatest political talent to ever come out of anywhere, but that's not the point. Move on. Is that all you've got right now on Joe Biden, who the uh, vice president is? Get over it. It becomes like a, it just becomes a bell they can ring pretty much whenever they want to. Absolutely. And and where where does it get you? Where where, where does it get you? It's, it's, again, it's more, as you, as you emerge a little bit more and we get all of this stuff that's coming to us from the testimony of this Dominion lawsuit, this world that they fashion on their network, which is very different from the real world, right? It's very different than what's actually going on behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, the reporters and you got producers and you got else that work pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're just peddling a bunch of bullshit to these people, but this is this is what it takes. This is what we have to do to make it in this world. So you, you understand the narratives that they have to fashion and how they have to do one thing here and the other and, thing. And, and this one's an easy one. This is an easy one, right? Yeah. It's an easy one. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. Which, it's, we, it's which by the way, transitions. Always, tra- always a reliable race. Wait, wait, when we can, uh, this will transition us nicely into Fox no- News is uh, screwed, allegedly. Uh, yeah, well, you know who uh, Floyd Abrams is. That's Dan Abrams' father. The uh, and Floyd is the really considered to be the godfather of uh, First Amendment experts in the country. Uh, his most famous uh, case was a, a little thing called the Pentagon Papers. Uh, of course, he defended the New York Times back then in uh, 19, I guess, it was 72 was the Pentagon Papers case that uh, allowed them to publish in the Washington Post and everyone else to publish the Pentagon Papers and the actual truth behind uh, how we stumbled into Vietnam accidentally on purpose without real justification. That's Floyd Abrams, and he's been part of uh, some of the, the giant uh, tobacco legislation and and all other kinds of things. Anyway, so he's the guy. He's the First Amendment guy. And he says, Fox is just desperate. Uh, they're, they're clutching at the First Amendment like a raft at sea. And we all know how well that usually uh, works out. And he, like a lot of us, thought, well, why isn't Fox settling this one? Because they've settled cases before. So Trump very often does. He doesn't always go to go to trial. He doesn't want to be deposed. It's happened a couple times. We know that. But this is balls of the wall, pedal the metal, Fox. We ain't going to settle nothing. We're going to crush you in court. And uh, you know they're they're like sitting at a poker table with a two and a th- two and a three, <laughs> and that's not going to help you much. Um, I don't know. I'm not a poker player, but uh, five doesn't sound good. That's just all I know. Let's, play, let's, let's pretend it's blackjack. Okay. You got a two and a three. You got 
you got five. What do you got? And the, and the dealer's showing a a, uh, a nine or a ten. You're fucked. You better fold. Um, I, I hear this opinion, okay. and, and I mean, obviously, Floyd Abrams is a guy who would know what he's talking about. But then I, you know, I can go to other, other places that are supposedly fair brokers, and they're like, no, it's not going to be quite that easy for the demand. Well, well, no one's saying it's going to be easy, but uh, this is even the people who say it's not going to be easy. Every one of them says this could be the best example of defamation that that there is that we're ever going to see. And of course, then it's you know, if not this, then what? Then no one. That's can my question. I mean, yeah. That, that as as a non legal person, as just a layperson, I, I I don't understand. Like again, if this isn't the case of the person who was with malice, a forethought going out and knowing what they're saying is incorrect and continuing to do it because they were making money off of it. If this isn't it, I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to get one. I don't see how anybody ever wins one of these cases. If this isn't the prime uh, prima facie example of, of bad actors, I I, I wouldn't understand that. Here's the quote from Abrams. It's, it's big time. Fox is big time. The amount of viewers it has, the impact it has on the public. And here's a case. I can't help but think that, any new lawyer, and I'll bet any of the old lawyers, said to somebody at Fox, maybe this would be a good one to put behind you. Maybe there's some way to settle this. Maybe there's some way to settle this consistent with rationality. And to me, translating that, rationality would be how much can we pay to get out from underneath this to make sure that we're not bankrupted, that we're not put out of business, that over time, our viewers who we're keeping in the dark about this anyway, and if they do start to find out about it, we will just start to pile on a new set of lies, but that won't get us sued because it doesn't endanger the Republic the way lying about the election did and lying about the disenfranchisement of you, our viewers, to the point where you got whipped into a frenzy to where you were willing to march on the Capitol and kill people and shit on the walls. Why wouldn't you want to settle this and move on? I mean, the evidence shows we got you and you admitted it and you knew it. And that whole standard of, you know, did you know you were lying. Did you know it was false? Yeah. Did you know it was reckless? Did you decide to publish, or in this case, broadcast, without investigating whether it was accurate? Well, this actually goes beyond that because they kind of did investigate it to themselves. They did investigate it to the point, if you want to use this as the example, that on election night, they called correctly Arizona for Biden. They did give out the accurate information, which is kind of rich that they're depending on moments like that to prove that everything else they did doesn't count. Because at you know, if, if we were so bad, why would we have called for Biden? Oh fuck. No, that's <laughs> that's that's like saying to the uh the Fox math teacher, well, I did say two and two was four, but then I taught everybody else forever that 
three and four was eight. Not, so I did teach one time that this was correct. This was the so I'm completely in the clear. I'm completely defendable, and that's just not true. That's just not true. A painful analogy there, I know, but. Um, well, and the guy who made the call about Arizona was eventually as quickly as possible yeah. issued to the door. He was, he was right. thrown out with the trash. Exactly. And then, uh, that Jackie Henrick who fact checked the bullshit on the yeah. network. Uh, she was the one that Tucker Carlson told Hannity, she's got to be fired instantly. Interesting. She's still there. They Is did she's... not fire her. <laughs> she's still there. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. And, and you know, you almost wonder at some point whether people like her have some kind of immunity from being fired just because they already know they've got enough shit that's going to be brought up in court. So well, they're going to say, well, we didn't fire her for for fact-checking. No, but everyone else there said she should have been. And we always go back to that that building block, which is in the case of Fox, you get in trouble for telling the truth and you get promoted and rich for lying. And we thought that that just applied to, you know, the couple people on the air in, in prime time. No, it's across the board. It's, it's the DNA of the company. It is Rupert Murdoch. It's Rupert Murdoch who learned at the knee of his father, Keith Murdoch back there in Australia. And he brought it to the United States and we allowed him to become an American citizen in 1985. And I think 84. And then the next year he was uh, starting to buy up media properties and, and off he, uh, off he went. So we kind of, we kind of allowed it to happen and we saw it over all these decades. This is not a new, new thought about Rupert Murdoch. It's, it's just, now you have the fingerprints. Now you have the receipts. Now you have the texts. Now you have the emails. And it's all in writing. You know what's going to come out of this, if anything? Nobody in positions like this will ever write anything down again. They're going to have to do all of their business out in the woods, um, at least a thousand yards from any building with trees and farm animals around to make sure that when they're plotting crap like this, it doesn't go anywhere. And of course, that's not really going to happen, but you got to think they're thinking this way. They got to all be thinking, why did I ever text? Why did I ever write stuff down? Did I really think that this would never see the light of day? You're seeing uh, a lot of people I'm sure right now that are going through, you know, how do I, how, the, how do I download WhatsApp immediately? They're how do we should have done it, and it was everything that's coming out now is clearly showing this was a business decision. We knew what this was. I can't make money off of this. I need to push this. It, it, it's been made so clear and so obvious in as many words by Rupert Murdoch. He said it ain't about red or blue. It's about green. I don't care if I'm pushing the biggest load of bullshit down the road that I can. If I can make money off of it, that's what I'm going to do. Well, the way the stars lined up over the last five decades goes back, of course, to Dick Nixon and his uh, media consultant, Roger Ailes. And during Nixon's administration, they wanted to do a conservative 
news network to, to counteract the evil New York Times and CBS and Washington Post and NBC that all were against Nixon. They had this idea, but there was no way to put it into, into reality. Um, you know, there was no cable universe to, to, to start a new, you just couldn't do it, it right? Couldn't be done. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, more than 10 years later that uh, Murdoch comes uh, swooping in and Roger Ailes has a moment and he gets picked by Murdoch because they've they've talked about this. And the original business plan was to be a conservative balance, if you will, against the entire world. And that was a business decision. It was an ideological decision. But with Murdoch, in the end, it's how much money can be made from this. And they thought a lot. Because if everybody's over on this side of the boat, there's a lot of room on this side for somebody to do this right. And we mentioned this the other day. If it would not have been Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes, would it have been anybody else with the skills to do it the way they did it? Probably not. Um, but just because uh, cable came along and the internet came along, and there were so many other ways to get your message out. It would have gotten out, but not in the same focused way that Fox Broadcasting, which morphed into Fox Cable, which morphed into Fox News Channel, um, was so well planned as a business proposition. Uh, but what happened on January 6th, I guess you would say, is like the it was like the nuclear explosion that had been planned for 35 or 40 years. They just didn't know it was going to lead exactly to that. But then on the other hand, yes, they did. Mm -hmm. That was the plan. That was the plan. Um, and so when you think of all those things and you look at the communications, everybody was on the team, Right. Everybody was on the team. Well, except there for again, no, you get, except for the Jackie Heinrichs of the world. But yeah, the people who were like texting each other were all on the team. That's for sure. Nobody. Or, yeah, no, Hannity. Not. Hannity never said. I, I don't know. This this could be harmful to the country. You never got a Tur Tucker Carlson. This could inspire violence. You know, well, you never got any of those. Right, right, right. Well, you know, the, the closest, and this isn't close at all. I think it was Laura Ingram. And this was one of the original texts, not from this group or last week, but remember the, the first group that we saw about six weeks, two months ago, mm -hmm. it was something that this could make us really look bad. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's good. Was the, most, the most important thing is that we don't, well, we would look bad if. They start down this road um, in, in the, the months, the couple of months after the election in 2020 and they they're pushing the bullshit and they they're it's fraudulent and there's this stuff and there's the election irregularities and all this stuff. And then on January the 6th, when the shit's really going down, that's when Hannity starts panic texting anybody around Donald Trump because Donald Trump's locked himself in the room. He's eating pizza and watching, uh, you know, the insurrection. And he's trying, he's trying to talk to Ivanka and it, it, Hannity's trying to talk to Ivanka. He's trying to talk to Donald Trump Jr. You got to get to him now. And the same thing with it, you guys, it, it was too far down. You pushed it too far down the tracks. Right. And by the time you saw what you had wrought, it's too late guys. 
Well, for a lot of us, it was too late, you know, 20 years ago. Do you remember? And this was 20 years ago in a, an early iteration of the internet. And people weren't quite as skilled in, in Photoshop and things of that sort, but there was a whole series of early memes and they were historical events. If there had been a Fox news, right. Yeah. The the way the civil war would have been covered by Fox, what would have been the banner at the bottom, you know, of the screen, you know, Sherman does, uh, uh, incalculable damage to beautiful Georgia. Let's go to our report. You know, just every, everything would be exactly as they twist it now laid over the, the, uh, the, the you know, in, in, uh, in 1941, German Americans being targeted by liberals, right? <laughs> Shit like that. That's what they would have done. And uh, it never stopped. It hasn't stopped, and it's not stopping right now. No, it's not stopping right now, and you know they're of course ignoring everything that we've been talking about the last fifteen minutes, and they're they're hoping it'll all go away, but it's not. Uh, and you know this is being heard this case in Delaware State Court. Hello, a lot a lot of folks. Well, this must be a federal case. I mean, it's really, no uh, defamation cases are not federal in nature for the most part. They're, they're, they're filed in uh, individual states. And uh, Delaware kind of punches above its weight for a lot of legal reasons, in, including this one. I assume that, that Fox is probably incorporated in Delaware to get the most favorable tax treatment that they can, which, of course, I fully support. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, I, I just find it, uh, I find this to be extremely fascinating. I find it impossible for us not to keep talking about this because it really, really is. It really, really is everything. It's when for all those years, I I would say when we were at WBT and before that, a fucking Rush Limbaugh. That's a three-hour commercial for the Republican Party. They give them every day, every day. Right. This radio station that we worked at, WBT, the Colossus of the South, fifty thousand watts. Blah, 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 blah. Yet they sold their soul back in the late '80s and said, "Here's noon to three for Limbaugh," and they they never could get out from underneath it. And it was sad. It was sad. And I would argue that uh, even though he's dead, he's still alive because uh, the Rush Limbaugh coaching tree Mm. is filled with people who think they can do the same shtick. Speaking of viruses that continue to infect well after, you know, the person is gone. Yeah. I mean, that that's part of it, which brings us to the uh, the promise that I'm uh, uh, the prediction I made many years ago of the Trump News Network. <laughs> Does it look like it is close to fruition? Despite well, the fact here, that, here's the point. Yes. This, this would be the point. If if Fox is found guilty of defamation to the tune of we'll just pick the number the one point six billion that you've heard, yeah. and and um, they are hit with true 
punitive damages, which can be a multiple of that number by several times. Okay. Yeah. It could be a multiple of that by 20, which would uh, get you up to, you know, close to $40 billion, which uh, even as rich as Rupert Murdoch is, he doesn't have that much money to be able to sustain Fox News if that is the result in, in punitive damages. At which case they go out of business, they're gone, they're done. Um, Newsmax will not be suddenly uh, elevated to the top of the world or OAN or, or any of those others. I think that Donald Trump, who will not be elected president again, it's not going to happen. And he's not going to want to go away. And he's officially totally, completely turned on Fox right now. He's always ready to turn on people that once were on his team, if he thinks it's advantageous to him. Here's what he wrote. If Rupert Murdoch honestly believes that the presidential election of 2020, despite massive amounts, when I scream it, that means it's capitalized, okay? Okay. Massive amounts of proof to the contrary was not rigged and stolen, then he and his group of MAGA-hating globalist rhinos should get out of the news business as soon as possible because they are aiding and abetting the destruction of America with fake news. Certain brave and patriotic Fox News hosts, who he scorns, Murdoch, and ridicules, got it right. He got it wrong. They should be admired and praised, not rebuked and forsaken. In other words... Play this out. It's simple. If Fox is driven out of business by this judgment, then Donald Trump has a whole group of castoffs to hire and start the Trump News Network. I know that sounds crazy. That sounds nuts. What cable network would want to carry this? But maybe he doesn't need cable anymore. Maybe this can be a big internet thing it might be it could well, be I, I don't want to get too far down in the weeds but I, I was listening to a podcast with john skipper the guy that used to run uh, espn mm-hmm. and you've heard recently about this um the bally sports networks and also at&t right. sports networks going into the shitter right in other um, words, the bottom line is n- no baseball or basketball or hockey is ever going to be on tv again if things get fixed is that about right that's not exactly how it works, but well, not, the, not the point is that, level, but, but down at the at the local level, all these teams they're they're, they're, they're going to retain the rights themselves and figure out how to distribute it themselves, and you'll never see a blackout. But it's really a byproduct of the pay TV universe going in the shitter. No longer can you go to the pay the the providers and go, I'm going to insist that you pay me five dollars per customer and just bundle the shit up. And if Fox runs into some financial difficulties because of this and somehow they wobble, the pay TV universe is is going away. It's a dying business. So it will be difficult as for them to go to providers at some point in time to say, we need six bucks per head, please and thank you. It's not just that. Uh, a judgment against them yeah. just in principle would allow all the uh, distributors and the cable folks and direct, you know, everybody that carries Fox to go back to them and say, you know, that, that $5 per subscriber we were paying you, you know, 
we're risking our own reputation to keep you on now since you are guilty of trying to overthrow the government. But, you know, we're pigs like you are. We'll still carry you, but we're only going to give you two. Exactly. Five. And so suddenly your your revenue is cut by 60%. That could happen overnight. That's correct. Right? Yeah. And and as you pointed out, they as far as the um you know, as far as the advertising on the show, they've been they've been dying from uh advertising for a while. That source of revenue has really not been so great for them. And that's oh, no, why it's, it's all about the cable deals. You're, you're correct. Right. That and that's why Mike Lindell is able to, as they say. Uh, you know, swoop in at the last minute, and make bids on un, the unfulfilled time, and get it cheap. He was able to get it. That was, and he would brag about it. And he yeah. and Trump at rallies would brag about the fact. Well, they didn't have a spot at eight thirty-five, so I swooped in and I got it for cheap. Well, Britt, what, what is that called in radio? You know what it is. It's dollar a holler. Dollar a holler, baby. It's a dollar a holler. You want to cut your prices for your advertisers to keep them on the air? Cut it. Dollar a holler. That's Come on, man. We got to get something out of it. We got to get it. it, it we got to do something. So you you just wonder overall, as far as the the landscape of media, they've tried very hard, and I guess they've done okay with this Fox Nation thing to try to you know do some thump something over here. But again, for their viewers who are not the most sophisticated uh, technological people, I don't know if a lot of people, a lot of their guys, the 65, 67 year old. What is it, Mon Pa Kettle? Is that your reference? I don't know if Mon Pa Kettle understand that they can go to Apple TV or Roku and they can watch Fox Nation and get all get shit that's even worse than they see on Fox News. Even more pernicious, even more obnoxious, even more terrible than the shit that they see on regular Fox News. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let's do one last thing here. The uh, what I call the McCulture War. Sure. You know, here's the story, courtesy of, that's right, Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal. That's a, it's a regular story. You know, there's a big difference between editorial and news at the Wall Street Journal, too. Chinese wall, I understand, Brad. China wall, please. <laughs> China. So, I mean, I don't pay much attention to McDonald's. I don't go there very often. Right. Uh I'm sorry. I'm looking back at my dog here. I don't want him to be uh, uh, biting his uh, his little wound that he had from. Oh his yeah, yeah. You got to check on him. Sure. Um, McDonald's has been having celebrity sponsored meals as part of their presentation. <laughs> right. And apparently, these have been very, very successful. Right. Including collaborations with celebrities like Cardi B and Offset, a couple of rappers. I'm not a big Offset fan. Cardi B, I'm down with her because Strom Thurmond sent me a picture of her. Oh, yeah, she's supposed to get a load of this. I don't know if uh, those people are demographically relevant to us, Brad. I don't know if that's the audience they're trying to reach with that celebrity endorsement. Doesn't matter. We're we're not the uh, people (laughs) that they're trying to get. Clearly. But wait, so the franchisees, the people who actually own the restaurants, the people who really matter to McDonald's in addition to the customers, say – that the lyrics and the lifestyles of the Cardi B's of the world and the offsets of the world don't align with the company's brand. And they're worried that the family-friendly image of McDonald's could erode if they keep associating themselves with people like this. And, you know, it was uh, 15 years ago that that big scandal over a, 
something called Ronald McDonald and the Children. Look it up. It's a it's a very sordid story, right? And we try not to talk about it because it's just it's just horrible. But they got over that, right? So then they got uh, uh, over a thousand of the franchisees are are all upset. Uh, and it's not a big deal in terms of being unique. I'm looking at these. Uh, Duncan ran a promotion tied to a TikTok star named Charlie Diam- El- Diamelio. Okay. Uh, Chipotle Grill did a Sean Mendez oh, yeah. bowl. Burger King did Nelly and two other stars a couple years ago. Uh, so in February, McDonald's introduced their first meal back by a celebrity couple. This is the Cardi B and Offset deal with special packaging. So what do you think that's all about? That's a cheeseburger with barbecue sauce and a Coke for Cardi B and a quarter pounder with cheese and a high C orange lava burst for offset comes with a large fries and an apple pie. By the way, they both sound pretty good. When we get done, I'm heading over to uh, my local McDonald's. I wonder if they, I guess they don't do these in every store, right? Correct. This is not, there's not a national thing. This is kind of a, a local thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not uh, in McDonald's uh, enough, but I find it interesting just overall as a story, because again, the uh, McCulture Wars, as we'll call them, open themselves up to some politician. Gee, I can't think of which one might be most likely to jump in on this right now and attack McDonald's the way they've attacked, oh, say another iconic American brand like ooh, Disney. Can't imagine who might want to jump in on this and say, "Well, well why don't you, uh, why don't you associate with a with a more mainstream artist like uh, Neil Diamond?" Um, he doesn't sing much anymore. He's, he's, <laughs> well, how about Tony Bennett? Um, well, he's got ravaging dementia. He really, uh, what about Pat Boone? Oh fuck, Pat Boone! God, is there a is there a wholesome uh, musical artist that the kids listen to these days that we can uh, jump in there with? What about uh, the Baby Shark? Can you do something with Baby? Oh, baby. <laughs> it's you know, when, tougher. By when that Baby Shark thing came along, I said, "Thank goodness my kids are twenty five years past that." Oh shit. boy, you won that I'm one. So happy. You know, it's just not the same in America. I remember back during the 70s and 80s, the the Hertz company, they aligned themselves with this really clean-cut football player. What was that gentleman's name? And he did a great job for them endorsing that product. Yeah. Anybody remember what that guy's name was? Well, that was O.J. Simpson. And, and, oh, and, yeah, sure. Well, but but he he did what he did long after he was no longer the spokesman. That's and not then I, I, I That's remember not it was fair. just – there was this company that had uh, they called Subway, and they uh, created a celebrity out of a guy that lost a lot of weight eating oh, their sandwiches, yeah. and he they did very well. Whatever happened to that? What guy? was that guy's name? Jason? What Jared. Name? Jared. <laughs> Jared. Jared. Jared Kushner. No, I'm sorry, wrong, wrong guy, wrong, wrong. Now, person. Did, Jer- did Jared go to jail? Is he in prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the good news is he lost a lot more weight again. You know, and he and he missed a, a great career as a Catholic priest. Uh, that's the real shame. <laughs> hey, you, can I, you want to explain that with uh, Kevin? You explain that. He came. He came when, we, when I was on the Murphy in the Morning show. He made a media visit with us one day, and we sent him out to a subway like very early in the morning so that he could surprise the crew there. And of course, he brought the prop, which is the size eighty six pants 
that he used to wear when he was like super fat. That that was something that was part of his uh, his deal. Mm. I recall him being very inappropriately funny. Like he had he was dirty joke guy, which did not you know offend any of us because we were we were you were was down with fun of actual people or just to you. Really behind the scenes, you know, he had, he was the guy that had the one image here and the other image here. That was the guy. And he was riding the gravy train real good at that time. And then everything just a great gig. He blew it. Oh my God. Did he ever blow it? I mean, he the media did. jackal pack is to blame for this. Are they not? As always. <laughs> as, as always. And All why? Right. Because he's a white male. That's exactly right. Boy, you. <laughs> Well, that's, that's a great way to tie this all up, isn't it? 